God's people. On today's show, I interview Latoya Early of Chase Great Enterprises, and we have an amazing conversation about generational choices. In particular, we discuss how to shift your mindset, see value, and desire change. I promise you, you want to listen to this one from the beginning all the way to the end. And right about now is when you sit back, relax, and enjoy the Inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. I mean that. When I say guiding you to your purpose, balancing faith and business, I'm not joking. And today we have a special guest in studio. I'm not going to play around with it. I ain't going to waste no time. Let's jump right in to this interview. 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 Mrs. Chase interview. Great herself, Latoya Early. What up, Toya? What's going on? What's going on? Welcome, man. Welcome to Inspire Guys People. Thank you, you know, for having me. For sure. For those of you out there who don't know, this is uh, Meech's wife. You know, we've had Meech on the show several times. So this is his better half, as we say. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Let's start off with just tell the people a little bit about yourself you know, in general, and then we'll kind of start and go back to the beginning of your story as it relates to business and how you got to where you are today. Cool, cool. So, I mean, that's such a long introduction that you want me to give. So I need you to be a little bit more specific. Like, do you want me to go all the way back to when I was a kid and I used to like long walks in the park? Or do you want me to talk about the adult Latoya? Like, who do you want me to tell the people? You know what? If, if, if your entrepreneurial inspiration came from the childhood long walks in the park, <laughs> then give us a little bit of that. I want, you know what? Cause I like that. I want people to just see like how, how the little nuggets of life lead us to where we no, are. No, Absolutely. Well, first of all, let me, let me be clear. I grew up on the East side of Detroit. So there were no east long walks. Side? <laughs> there were no long walks in the park. <laughs> let me, let me get that clear. Right. Number one, but no entrepreneurship for me did start. Um, as a child, I can remember sitting in my room with my cousins playing office. We didn't know what we were selling, what we were doing. I was filing papers. I had a little black, a little gray VTech computer and I used to type away like legit. I used to be on phone calls, talking to people, selling stuff. I don't even know what I was selling, but it really did start back then. So what do you think your inspiration was as a kid to do that? Like, why do you think you would, do you remember like what, what was your first, the first thing to pique your interest in business or no? I don't really. And this is funny. So I always use this as an example. So my dad was an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. The problem was, is that he sold the wrong stuff. <laughs> so, right. but, but he capitalized like, like major capitalizing in an area that he should not have been capitalizing right. in. But I do believe that that's where the, the spirit of entre- entrepreneurship came from. 
unfortunately it was perverted through him but when it got to me i was able to see with a sober eye and a so with a sober mind so yeah. i was able to shift it a little bit better i think that's dope though like no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um and here's the reason i say that is because i think it's important for us to understand like that like you talk about we could talk about like a generational curse of those mm-hmm. type of things mm-hmm. right and I was listening to uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who's a Christian um, brain doctor. Mm-hmm. She studies yep. the mind or yep. whatever. And one of the things she talked about was like things that tr- things that are in us, in our DNA. You know what I mean? And basically she was talking about generational curses. I just never heard it being talked about like this. Mm-hmm. But she was saying like, even though things are in us, we have a choice in how we act them out. Absolutely. And so... You know, at the end of the day, you know, people, when you're in the streets, your father growing up in the city and all those type of things, sometimes people don't have the opportunities and it comes out in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But regardless of how we want to look at it, that business acumen was, you know, instilled in who you are. Absolutely. I think that, and and of course, not to go too left into generational curses, but it's only a curse based on how, as you just said, how you reenact it. Right. Right. So there are things that our families, that our culture really have passed down to us. And with my dad, like I said, he's never been, um, he's always been, he was always intellectual. He was always super smart, but unfortunately because of the way his father raised him. And then of course the, the spirit of entrepreneurship has always been with us because my family has acres and acres of land in the South where they had farms and selling. And so it's always been there. They just never had someone to come in to course, correct what the world per se kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think it's about, if you want to understand the gift, sometimes you got to understand the curse. And and what I mean by that is like, people think, that when like let's say if we use that example if if um if my father was a drug dealer and then I want to say and then I start selling drugs we think the generational curse is selling drugs yep that's not the curse you get what I'm the saying the curse is the mindset exactly cuz yeah. cuz the gift is business absolutely like so it's like you don't you not even understanding what the real curse is the curse is you're perverting your gift. You got that yep, gift of business it. and you keep making the choice to act it out. So look, thank God you were able to correct that. Right. And so when we think about something like generational curses, I believe that sometimes simply by choices is how we can correct things. So mm-hmm. you made a choice that, Hey, I have this in my bloodline, this, you know, desire and passion and gift for business. I'm going to do it the right way. So now we, figured out kind of how that was planted. Like, what does that look like as you were growing up for the adult Latoya? How did you get to the point where you wanted to launch Chase Great? Oh, wow. What led up to that? So we're going to keep this PG. I was in adult novelty. Okay. So my first business, I'm 18. Um, My cousin has started a business. I was super excited to join ventures with her. So I'm like, cool. This works. Of course, you're a little young girl. So you think that this is the thing, the end thing to do. Yeah, no. When I learned adult novelty and women with liquor mixed together, that was a catastrophe. No, thank you. Right. Right. So I went from there. I've had a a demolition company. I worked for a company who flipped houses. And so I worked in the construction part. 
Nice. And so I was able to um, monitor the bids that came in. And so when I start seeing companies putting in bids for demolition, I'm like, wait, I got a few homeboys from the hood that can definitely come in and do these houses. Right. And so I slid my bids on in and it might have been wrong <laughs> then, but that's what I did. And that's how I started um, my demolition company at that time. And we ran really well for quite some time. Um, so then I went from there. I've had an event planning business. I was co-owner of a semi-professional basketball team here in the city of Detroit. Listen, when I tell y'all I have jumped from loop to loop, this is how I knew, though, that I was supposed to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know how to do it. It wasn't until I really sat down and surrendered to God. Like, okay, Lord, chasing money is not the way that you want me to do this. Right. It can't be, right? Because I was making money, but it still wasn't enough. It wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't hitting the spot that I know that something that I wanted to do forever. Let's just say it like that. So when I started Chase Great, it's funny because it was a a name. I had a name before that. And I went to a coach and she was like, your name sucks. (laughs) And so I was sitting there like, oh my gosh. She's like, no, you need to change his name. This is terrible. So me and Meech went back and we went to the drawing board. And I'm like, I have no idea of what to make this company's name. Not paying attention that for the longest time we had been maybe hashtag, and if I could say we probably wasn't using that term, but right. we had been saying Chase Great, Chase Great. What year is this? This was 2015 by this okay. time. The company started in 2012. Okay. So for those three years, I was rocking out with the original name, doing paperwork filing, doing all of the administrative work that I knew I was good at doing. Um, so how was it though, not to cut you off? No. Hearing that coach, I'm assuming this is like a mentor a of yours mm-hmm. that you had as mm-hmm. a coach. Like, what was that like hearing this person after you've been rocking with this name, kind of tell you that the name was horrible? Like, what was that like, and what made you actually receive that criticism? I don't. Well, I'm always open for constructive criticism. If it's gonna help me do better, I'm open to it. So I don't really. Again, my perspective on life, on pretty much anything is really different. Um, I have to be because if I allow what I see to determine how I feel, I wouldn't be where I am. So I've decided to look at things differently. But when she told me, and it's funny because I thought that God gave me my first name. I'm like, you know, admit my anointing. This is what (laughs) God wanted me to do. And she like, no, that sucks. (laughs) And so I was okay with it though. I'm like, okay, well, what is a name that's going to grab the attention of the people that I'm supposed to serve? What does this look like? Mm. And so I was open to it actually. And the person that was, and I'm out for the sake of name dropping, um, she's pretty profound in the city of Detroit. She's been on TV. And so I honored, you know, her. So she has some credibility at the end of the day. And I think that's important when you look at this idea of like, number one, I commend you for being in position to have a mentor, a coach, someone that had credibility that can kind of pour into you. But I think what's important out of that for anyone who feels like, oh, well, I've given people constructive criticism and they don't listen or whatever is like, well, what are your credentials? Yeah. What have you proven? Why should I listen? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean to cut you off, but I thought that was an important part of the story. So you guys go through changing the name Mm -hmm. and you were already hashtagging. It sounded like you were hashtagging Chase Great. I was. And so what was kind of the thing to let you know for sure, like, okay, this is the name and this is what we're doing going forward. Um, when God showed me what Chase Great meant, um, he really shows me 
how we're to press towards the mark. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So if I can conquer and if I can connect with the him that is in me, I'm sorry, then I can conquer the him that is in the world. Mm -hmm. And so chasing great. And when people hear it, it's about chasing the greater that God has designed you to become every day. You have to wake up and say today, I'm going to chase great today. I'm going to start because we can get into a space where it's not working. It doesn't look good. I just don't feel like it. Every day, you have to make a decision to start. You have to make it. Even in salvation, you have to wake up. Even though you may have been, I've been saved for 30 years. I guess saved right. when I was two. Okay. <laughs> but every day, you have to wake up and say, Literally. today, I'm, I'm going to trust God. Today, I'm going to live the way that God wants me to live. Those are daily decisions. So Chase Great really um, kind of snowball into what it's become just being obedient. So I think I like what you using the word decision, you know, kind of like we were talking about with the generational curses, mm -hmm. you know, it's a decision. And I it think is. so many times in life we try to like deflect and blame. We blame our situation. We blame where we came from. You know, we both from the East side of Detroit. And so many people could use that same thing to blame, blame, blame. But I like you talking about making this decision. And it sounds like you kind of had to make a decision at a point that, hey, you got all these businesses, right? And mm -hmm. we didn't, you know, most entrepreneurs can relate to that because you don't necessarily know how to control the gift. You don't. You just know, like, I have ideas. Yep. Like, so it's like, I didn't done everything from creator to shoe to multiple clothing brands, music, you know, so, you know, we get, we can be all over the place. For you, was it a tough transition into kind of walking away from some of these businesses that weren't aligning with, you know, the Christian lifestyle um, and then kind of now doing something that is very strongly and overtly Christian? Mm -hmm. Was that tough? Did people kind of... In those old industries think you were crazy? You know, did you doubt yourself or, you know, was it a pretty confident transition? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, what's funny is now that I'm now that I'm reflecting on this and I, I use the term BC for me before Christ, before I decide I've been saved. Yes. OK, I've been saved yep. forever. But the when I decided to be Christ like is when it all changed. OK, my cutoff game is so strong. <laughs> That if it's not working, I will cut it off. And I have no attachment, no linger, no. So in those businesses, it got to a space where I'm like, eh, this not working. Cut it off. Try something else. Right. Where did you get that from? I have no idea, but it's really terrible because I do it. <laughs> I did it with people. <laughs> I did it with businesses. So if it didn't work, though, I would just say right. this is it. So moving forward, my compassion began to grow. My patience began to grow. And then that's where God was able to really mature me because if I was who I was then in the business that I'm in now, my cutoff game would have cut this off a long yeah. time ago. Well, so I, I think that's a big deal for, you know, anybody who's listening. And you know, one of the dope things about this show is it kind of reaches people at different levels, right? Mm -hmm. You have people who are already successful entrepreneurs, some more successful than I am. Uh, or corporate business people, you know, those are kind of my two uh, core audiences. Um, but then you also have people who are at the beginning of those um, steps and, and somebody out there might be at that step of like torn in between, oh, like someone just criticized my name mm -hmm. and, 
mm-hmm. you know, or or I'm now deciding to live for God. So, like, what would you say to that person to encourage them? You know, because sometimes we're afraid to make a decision because mm-hmm. we're afraid to fail. What would yeah. you say to the younger Toya or someone who's in that position, you know, and, and kind of one foot in, one foot out on making that firm decision to change the course and do it, you know, the right way? So this is where my gift of coaching comes in. Um, my gift in coaching, while I do specialize in a particular area, the core of what I do is vision validation. I'm okay. the coach that comes in and say, if God showed you that he wants you to pick paint off of a wall <laughs> and monetize it, then guess what? We about to be some paint picking people, I right? Got you. So I got you. if I were to go back to that Latoya or any entrepreneur who's in that space of confusion, of doubt, you know, where they feel like this may fail, you have to trust God. This is, it's, it's not what your mom think. It's not what your friends think. It's not because when God gives you an assignment, it's for his purpose. And so what I've learned with doing this for the longest time, I taught about finding your purpose, discover your purpose. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that God checked me, he said, you keep telling people to make a selfish um, approach to what I've called them to do. It's not your purpose. It's my purpose. And right. I'm using you as a vehicle to fulfill my purpose. That's a key. That's a key component you know, that I discovered as well. Um, And so many times we think our purpose is like for me, you know, at one point it was like, I wanted a record deal. Mm -hmm. Right. But that was what I wanted. And that's why on this show, like when we talk about finding your purpose, we're talking about in Christ, because to your point, it's not really yours. It's not. When you die to yourself as a Christian, and we sing the songs, you know what I mean, about dying the flesh and my life is not my own. Mm-hmm. But when you really start living that out, it's like, ooh, it's wait, different. It's my different. life ain't my own. So yeah. I can't just chase a record deal just because I want one. Mm-hmm. Like, you mean God created me with a purpose? No. So I think I think that's real cool. So you kind of talked about like, you know, you mentioned you're a coach. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, like what Chase Great is, what, like what led you to coaching after you didn't own the basketball team, construction company, why a coach? Why a coach? That's hilarious. So when I started the company in 2012, I did a lot of paper shuffling. Um, I've always had a gift in administrative. If you ask me to organize this, that, and the other, I can pull it together. I can file papers. That was just what I was good at doing. So I started the business doing uh, business filing, 501c3, nonprofit. I went to school and got my certificate in grant writing. Like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to do. Business plans. I started doing these things. And first of all, they drove me bananas. That's for number one. (laughs) Do not ask me to do a business plan. My husband gets mad at me when I turn down business plans. They're so intricate. And that's another conversation, but they're super intricate. Um, But... When I was doing these things, I would ask people, I would say, hey, what are you doing next? They didn't know. And so when when God began to reveal to me coaching, I had never heard of a coach. I didn't know what a life coach was. I didn't know what a coach was at all. Mm -hmm. So when he showed me these things, not only was I afraid because now I'm stepping into unfamiliar territory, but I was even more afraid because now this turns into something that is not tangible. So before mm. I can exchange your LLC right, for my money right, right, and I'm good because we good. Yeah. But now you're saying 
you want me to exchange my transformation strategies <laughs> for your money. That was hard. Because so, people can't see it. They, you can't see people it. People will spend a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes simply because they could sit it up and look at it and yep. see it. Absolutely. But you're selling something or giving something or sharing something that wow, that's dope. All right, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, but that's it. So that was probably one of the challenging and, and to this day it still can be challenging. Um, because again, it's not something that's tangible. And because we're at living in the society where for number one, we're in a microwave generation. So everyone wants to receive something instant, right? Coaching requires a process. And so I'm, I'm the coach that's committed to the process, helping you to understand that you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows, but we have to stay committed and consistent in the process. Right. So, so, so who is, you know, who is your consumer? Who's coming to you, you know, to, you know, have you as a coach or who out there should be someone is like, you know, cause like you said, I think what's kind of cool about this is. Your name would have never changed if you didn't have a coach. Absolutely. And I, I think it's a lot of people who operate freestyling in entrepreneurship or in business. I have mentors in the corporate world. Like I'm not just, you know, building my career, just freestyling, like just doing what I do. It's like, no, I have executives who care about me, mm -hmm. who I have monthly calls or visits with. And these are sometimes the things that, Again, you can't see that, mm -hmm. but it's the most valuable part of my career, having those people. So for you, you know, who is someone, you know, that's typically coming to you uh, to hire you as a coach? So I've, because I am a coach who focuses or specializes in niche marketing, um, I work with coaches. So I'm working with the coach who's ready to really dive deeper into their coaching business. They've started their coaching business, but they're starting to feel like that they've hit a glass ceiling. They're starting to feel stuck. They know this is what they want to do, but they can't really, you know, gain the traction in their business to reach the financial goals that they desire, reach the audience or the person um, that they desire to work with. So I'm the one that's committed to their process. And it's so amazing how God transformed me as a coach because I did start off trying to coach anyone, right? Because okay. that's how we feel. We're like, oh, <laughs> right. I got this gift. I can just work with anyone. And what I learned is the bigger the fishbowl, the harder to catch a fish, right? The, oh, like the bigger is too big. It's too much. And then we're all starting to look alike. So it's kind of like, well, why should I pick you over this other coach? Right. This is what caused me to go into niche marketing. It's kind of like understand that God, when you have a business, there's a particular problem that God wants you to solve. The industry teaches us to go after, you know, get who you can, whoever going to pay the dollar right. for it. But that's really not, you're not being effective and you're not being valued. Right. So when I go after, or when I'm positioning myself for a particular client, I'm looking for a coach who is still in their nine to five. I do work with full-time coaches as well, but um, they're a full-time entrepreneur. I'm sorry, full-time corporate uh, leader. And right. they are now looking to position themselves as a coach. They're looking to build their business as a coach. And they're looking to really find their reason for coaching and not just to do it because it's the end thing or good thing to do. No, that's cool. So, you know, there are some obviously... I think when you talk about maybe the people you are, you know, targeting as consumers, it's someone who's credible 
as a coach. And like we talked about earlier, I just think it's important in life, period. And I, I'll be honest, like super transparent. This is one of the things that, you know, is a challenge for me sometimes because, you know, I'm naturally a big brother slash mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just naturally that person that people come to. And sometimes it's like you, you want to build credibility, but you don't want to be arrogant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's always, that's something I'm still working on now because I want people to understand why they should be listening to me. Even on this show, it's like, why would I listen to you? You know, because I'm a fairly private person and I don't necessarily just share everything I'm doing and I'm learning how to share the things that matters. Mm -hmm. um, for you as a coach, has that been, and this is just super sidebar, has that been easy for you um, to build credibility with people? Um, or do you find, do you ever get coaches coming to you? Like, why should I'm a coach? Why should I get a coach? Um, yes, actually. And it's so funny. This, the, the, the mere fact that we're talking about this, um, really again, brings up so many reasons why I'm where I am, where I worked before I went full time into my business, they would not consider my ideas. They, I had, I'm, I've been a vision coach my whole life. Of right. course, it just took up until 2015 for me to realize this is who I am. Right. But I've always been able to project vision. I've always been able to see differently and see clearer in whatever it is that's before me. The job that I worked at before, I would project ideas. Let's do it this way. Let's move this around. And they would never consider my ideas. Gotcha. So we would go back to the office and I would say, hey, what is the point of me being in the big meeting if they're not going to consider my ideas. Okay. Right. Got you. The response was, you're not credible enough. Man. Right. Now, now how do you, okay. Now I want to ask you as honestly as you possibly can. Is there any part of you now that understands why they said that? Cause I'm assuming that that offended you when it happened. Absolutely. Um, but do you understand it at all? Or do you feel like, no, I'm just curious how you think through that. Yeah, no, I still don't understand. And it's even, and not, even now, I, even more reason why I don't understand it is because of where I am. Right. But, but okay. And I'm just looking at it from the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Could they argue that? Yes. You today, right? Mm -hmm. You are more established. Sometimes being established publicly builds credibility. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the that the way people consider you credible is right, mm -hmm. but it kind of it, it's almost like if I don't tell someone, you know, my, you know, career path through corporate America or something, they might be like, why am I talking? Why are you giving me career advice? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. then it's like, all right, now I got to. And then there's a part of me that could be like, oh, now you want to listen to me now that you know. But so it's this bounce. So I feel you, but I feel them a little bit. I do. I'm just being real. No, no, that's good. And so at that time, you know, I, you got this mid, I think I was maybe in my mid 20s and, you know, still trying to figure out life. And they knew a lot of part, a lot of my personal part. So I can't understand them feeling that I wouldn't be. But here's the thing. This is where. As a leader, you have to be able to see someone's gift. I like that. Right? So although the world may have not told you that LaToya is somebody, you should have been able to look at me and say, but I can see because this is a pattern. 
these are what leaders, this is what a leader is supposed to do. You don't just shut somebody down because the world hasn't yet validated them. You're supposed to see that part of them so that you can help encourage and enhance what they know they have in the first place. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what's dope about this is because there's a different perspective. Like what you just gave was the perspective of a leader. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with you 100%. If I'm a leader, and so this is part of knowing who you are. You know what I mean? If I'm a leader, my job is to see something in people, see where they can go and inspire them. That's what I try to do on this show. I've mm-hmm. always considered myself a catalyst. Um, and actually what made me say that is because it's probably like seven, eight years ago now, it was the first time I heard... Um, Steve Bennett Jr. preach. Okay. And he preached this message about being a catalyst and you're the person that starts the fire. Ever since he preached that message, it was like, it never left my mind. Like I'm a catalyst. He made something make sense to me because mm-hmm. I never understood why people wanted to copy me or I go left, people go left. Cause I like to do my own thing. And then I started realizing I start fires. Mm-hmm. And so as a leader, I believe we have to be a catalyst. So I agree with you there. I think if if they weren't leaders and you talk about from a consumer standpoint now, because now if I'm looking to hire you to do something, I do want to see first. It's like I need to see my I'm paying you money. I'm not paying you for potential, you know, so that makes sense. I think you're right about that. And and think about what you just asked about the arrogance part. You know, you when when you're a leader you have the ability, there's a, a, a certain amount of humility that you have to stay in as a leader so that you don't, because once you start getting to the space of arrogance, now you're saying I'm the one now right. all fingers are pointing to you. So I think that that's where the disconnect comes in is that when most times when people in leadership positions, when they stop being a leader is when they start turning arrogant. It's when they start pointing fingers to them and they're the only ones with the answers and they're the ones that are the, and this is where I even have this issue with certain coaches. Every coach need a coach, period. If you're going to say I'm a coach, you need a coach. You need someone because here's the thing, especially with me, while I am a vision coach, I still have blind spots in my business as well that I can't see. So you need someone that can come in and say, Hey, let's move this over here. Not, I'm not trying to come in and change the, the structure, right? You already have the walls put up. You already have everything together, but sometime a picture need to be moved. Sometime a table needs to be slid over. So that's what having someone to come in to help you with those intricate areas so that it can really reach the greatest or the maximal potential of in your in your coaching business. And I think to that point, we have to stop selling things that we don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, how can I come to someone and say, you should value this coaching, right? Something you can't go pick up a product off of a wall in a shoe store, but I'm not willing to go and invest in coaching. And I think you know, sometimes we have to look outside of ourselves. I like what you said about, you know, being a leader and not becoming arrogant. And I think just even as a Christian in business and entrepreneurship, this is an important thing that we can't allow ourselves to just shift into the world's way of thinking and just like feel like we have to, hey, I got to be arrogant because it's like, no, you don't have to be. Yeah. Even if it works, you don't have to do it. But to that point, if you have a business out there 
you need to be investing in something that's like your business. You do. That's not your business. You do. And understand this too. And it's, it's so, um, it's such an amazing revelation. Your ideal client as a coach cannot come to you and pay you what you desire until you pay it for yourself. Yeah. Right. So if you're saying, why, why isn't my ideal client coming to me? Why am I? And and the reason why I use ideal client is because in marketing, we have this traditional sense of marketing, right? And so traditionally we're taught um, marketing, we're taught niche marketing, and those are really the two major, either you're marketing to everyone or you're marketing to a target audience. Well, in coaching, it's a little bit more defined. It's a lot more specific than what we're taught traditionally in marketing. And I struggled with it a lot because I didn't know how to go after the ideal client. Well, it wasn't until I really started learning and understanding money. My understanding or my perspective on money has changed so much being in this industry. Okay. The way that we're taught, especially in our culture and in our household, we have such a lack mentality. We have such a hoarding holding on to money type yeah. mentality. And once I learned the exchange of it, it changed. It, it, I will say it really freed me. Like I've been able to invest into coaching programs at a couple dollars and was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So are you like saying, cause I want you to expound on that a little bit. Are you saying you feel like we scared to spend money? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what helped change your mind about that? When I learned that it comes back, it's a part of life. It's 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 what happens. You sow, you reap. Anything, that is the way that God set everything up. Everything started in seed form. Everything from what you're driving in, even though you may think it, I don't know what our car is made out of. Um, What? You mean like Aluminum, metal, steel? Metal, Aluminum, whatever. Yeah, okay, that whatever. That started from a seed, right? <laughs> right whatever right. whatever minerals it took to pull that car together, it started from a seed, Yeah, you right? can't make nothing unless it was already here in the earth. Anyway, so that's my idea about money. As you sow, you reap. No matter what you sow in, your words, your money, your time, whatever you sow in, you will reap back. So now my idea of sowing or my idea of investing in myself is not really anything based on what I may get from the person, but more so the principle of sewing. All right. So I like this. I like where this is going because I want to know why do you think people have, like, why are people afraid to invest, but they are not afraid to frivolously spend? Just out here. Like, so somebody would go and buy some red bottoms for $2,000 that they know they can't afford. Or that they can't walk in. Right. Or, but if you said, and I'm just throwing some random number out there, Hey, there's a $1,500 program that I want you to invest in yourself in, and it's going to bring you value. And let's just say me, I'm like, inspire guys, people, you know, whatever it's $1,500 for X amount of months. And you're going to get all this stuff. Why are people more afraid of that? than they are of just going and spending $1,500, $2,000 on a pair of shoes? Well, I first think that we have to acknowledge the mindset, right? So there's three different characteristics that a person has to have before they can invest in anything that's not tangible, Okay. right? There's a certain mindset that they have to have. They have to see value and they have to desire change. Oh, okay. You have to have all three of those before you're able to exchange any type of money for something that is not tangible. So, let, okay. So mindset, what mm-hmm. is the mindset? So the mindset, and I use this as an example, when we talk about affordable, something being affordable or something being expensive, 
that is a mindset. I believe that anything is affordable. I don't know what minimum wage is right now, but if you wanted something that cost $100,000 and you were making minimum wage, you can afford that $100,000 product. The problem or the difference is, is that you can't get it now. Okay. You may have to put $10 a check away, but don't tell me that you can't afford it. Okay. Because it's a mindset. So with with you saying, and this is the same thing, people are spending $1,000 for a pair of shoes is because it's instant. And we are looking more so or feeling versus transformation. So it is this microwave mindset. Absolutely. I need, if I'm going to give $1,500, I need to see it today. I need to see it today. Mm -hmm. All right. So I like that. So now we got mindset. Now the next thing you said was value. Value. Talk about that. Like how... If I'm a person that doesn't see value in something today, right? All right, now I got the I'm I'm establishing the right mindset. And so once you establish that mindset, what changes in value? What what does that look like? So if you notice the sequence of it all works together, right? So the okay. mindset has to begin to change before you can see value anyway. Okay. Right. So now I'm starting to see value in reading books, multiple books a month. I'm starting and I'm noticing that because my mindset is shifting and I'm no longer looking for something instant, but I'm being patient and I'm knowing that what I'm learning is going to not just help me, but the next four generations. That's my mindset shifting. So I'm starting to find value in different things. I love this. Before, you know, the gym shoe was the value. So this is crazy because, you know, like, you know, I love cars. Mm-hmm. I really love cars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't had my own car in like uh, eight years, I think. I probably haven't had my own car, um, you know, meaning like, you know, I have a company vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you no, know, no, I've had three cars in that time, you know what I mean? But, with you know, and I don't know how much I can talk about this really, but. With company cars, you get a, you get a couple options. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You you are picking your car. You're getting a brand new car. I'll speak generally, right? Yes. Now let's not. I'm yes. not making it about mine out there, right? But just generally speaking, with a company car, you know, you get a couple options of a car that you can get, and that typically changes every couple of years for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever uh, that corporation or company is choosing as their fleet vehicle and partners. Now, recently, I was like, man. I kind of want a car because it's like, I want a car that's me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, it's like, I want a Jermaine car, you know? And I started looking at cars. It's like two weeks ago. I was like, whoa, like cars cost a lot of money, bro. Like, and I haven't had to buy one. So I'm like, you know what? This isn't as valuable to me as it once was before to have it's not that I don't have a nice or a brand new car right now. Mm-hmm. It's just not a car that is customized to my liking and, you know, the windows tinted or the right type of rims or whatever I like. Right. And I'm noticing because I've throughout these eight years, my mindset to your point has been shifting and changing. Now, even though I still like cars, I see the value totally different. I'm like, a car isn't is not an asset. It's a liability. It mm-hmm. depreciates, and so I'm like, man. I, again, don't get me wrong. I still like cars, but I would not go and buy a car right now if I didn't have to. 
And that is a total difference from the old Jermaine. Mm-hmm. So I get that. Now, what was the last thing you said? Desire to change. Desire to change. And so I see how it all kind of worked together. You got your mindset. Once you shift your mindset, your values your value change. start changing. Mm-hmm. And then now you have to have the desire to change. Where does that come from? From what you value. Right. So now before, um, as you just let's use the card analogy before I valued, I saw value in buying this whatever luxury vehicle that I once wanted. Right. And so because my mindset has shifted and now I'm able to uh, my perspective has changed. The way that I'm looking at things has changed. My value is changing in order to now meet those things that I now value. I have to change some things. Man. I have to make changes because there's no way that I'm going to reach the things that I'm starting to value. There's no way that I, now I'm valuing trips yeah, and vacation before it was like, let's just, you know, jump up. You know, how about this? I refuse to fly spirit, <laughs> right? <laughs> I only fly Delta. Listen, bear air. The last time I was on a spirit airplane and I saw bear air fare, oh my I was gosh. offended. Right. Value. So I'm I'm valuing travel. I'm valuing who I am. I'm valuing where God has me. So now my mindset is changing and now I have to now change. So in order for me to no longer have to fly bare air, bare fare, now I have to do what? Change my routines, desire change so that I can now fit the Delta. The Now, look, you speak in my language right now because, you know, some people may say that me and my wife are slightly bougie in some ways. Um, not necessarily, not in our personality. So it's not something you would see. But what you desire. But our choices. Mm-hmm. People think we have bougie choices. And it's simple stuff like, you know, I only fly Delta. And I remember me and Tiff um, a few months ago, and we took a trip. We were looking at some flights and different things. And, you know, you got certain people and people in my family, people I love who are like, they shop based on the deal and everything. Now, yes. don't get me wrong. Like, there are some things I'm looking for the deal. I'm looking online. I'm on Amazon Prime every day. Please believe me. But I do think as your mindset and your values change, to your point, it's like, look, if I'm going to go 35,000 feet in the air. I need to be in something. For three hours? <laughs> Absolutely. Four hours? Yep. Like this isn't look, you don't you don't shop for the cheapest doctor. If you were getting some type of major surgery, it's like I need the best of the best. And I don't think that's always bougie. I actually think it's bougie when people want to spend the money on the things that people can see like, oh, these red bottoms. Right. I don't do that type of stuff. That's silly to me. Yeah, I'm never buying Jordans but, for full price. But but again, it's, it's mindset, though. You have to think about, again, how we're raised in our homes, the way my my mom and my father were two totally different type of spenders. My mom is the bargain shopper. She's the one that you're going to find. If right. you got a dent in it, you bring that over here because exactly. they going to give us two cents <laughs> off, right? My dad would go to the grocery store and he's like, no, don't bring me anything generic. I'll never forget. I had to bring him some Jello, <laughs> and the Jello was generic. Spell and with a G, what? like not the J, like, oh, When no. I tell you he chewed me all the way out, I'm I like, sir, it. sir, sir, right? But, and then it's funny because I have that same mentality. It's a mindset. And so with, with what we're saying is 
when you have a certain mindset and you desire change, this is the only way that you can be in the proper position to be okay to exchange profit or money for something that's not tangible. You know what? Part of what, and I love this conversation. I love that you said that. Part of what is helping me as I continue to grow is I see everything as an investment now. Yeah. So if I'm going to go fly in the air again and I'm flying with my bride, this is someone I value, then this is an investment. I need to invest in the best experience. I need the plane with the movies on there. Like it's certain things like I need my wife to have enough you know, room. Leg room. <laughs> right. But if we are shopping for a pair of shoes to go on that trip, I'm personally not. I'm like, whoa, hold on. If the ones that cost 110 are on sale for 75, I want those before I just want to go spend 120 just because. And I think it's a balancing act, but you kind of talked about once you change your mindset, you start, your values start lining up. And you don't have to explain that to anyone. Absolutely. There's a there's a difference between being fiscally responsible and having a poor or lack mindset. Those yes. are two different things, right? And I don't think that a lot of people recognize that those are two different areas. It's not that I can't buy these $200 gym shoes. I just choose not to buy them. Right. Versus I'm not going to buy them because I can't buy them because, I, you know, I need this $200 for my light bill. Like, there's still a different mindset that you have to have. And even when it comes to investing in especially a personal or professional development, because the $200 gym shoes, again, we can see those, I can wear those and I can, I don't know if people you still use this term, but I can stunt in front of people, right? right? Yeah, yeah, like no, I still everybody use it. else can, but we kind of old, so right, that, exactly. that might not yeah, count, like, you know, but other people can see it versus no one can see my mental transformation immediately. All right. So, so I love this as I believe being a Christian entrepreneur and business professional is a lot about character and integrity. It is. You can't see either one of those things. You like can. you cannot see my character, but I know who I am on the inside. And so part of this mindset shift is about starting to worry about your character mm -hmm. and build the internal things. And to your point, we want to, what we want to do is we just want to stunt. So we want to just do the stuff that people can see because that's what we value because our mindset hasn't shifted. And because it makes you feel good. Yeah. Right. So now, and, and again, we can talk about this for days because I under, I'm so grateful for my understanding on emotion mm -hmm. and how when we have those moments where I want to buy this because it's other people and this is why social media is the way that it is a hundred likes makes me feel good All so day. i'm going to post and i'm gonna stunt and i'm gonna make people think that i live this lavished amazing right. lifestyle because in this moment i need you to feel i need to feel good but here's the thing when you begin to change and transform the way that you think the value of what makes you feel good changes. It doesn't come from that it anymore. It doesn't come from that it's, anymore. It's like walking in the purpose that Christ gave me, doing like, look, you're a coach, and you when you can look and see the coaching may not be tangible, but the, re results, but the results are results, very tangible. Absolutely. When you can look and say, that person went from here to here. And look, I, I've experienced that, like I said, because I'm a big brother and mentor by nature. I've sat with many people in a Starbucks for two hours going over their business plan, 
And I've done a lot of that free. I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I don't do it anymore is because I knew that people weren't valuing it because mm -hmm. it was free. Yep. So, like, can you yep. even talk about that as a Christian entrepreneur? Like, you know, as we kind of get more into, like, what Chase Great is doing now and, you know, obviously it's not just, it's not volunteering. So it's not something you just like, hey, let's do this for free. Did you struggle or do you struggle as you start, as you started trying to, you know, put a value, a price on what you were doing and worry about how people would respond to that or kind of tell me what that's like? Absolutely. Yes, I did. Um, in the beginning, and I, I use this example, I was the coach that that will offer 30 for 30, right? 30 <laughs> minutes for $30. Right. That's the deal, right? Right. Or no. I've had coaches in my community that paid me every month and never showed up. Oh. When I saw that, I knew that, A, I wasn't valuing what I do. Right. B, they weren't valuing what I do and was after B. C, See, right. <laughs> they didn't value or they the investment wasn't enough. Yeah. Here's what I learned about the investment. The reason why most people or coaches put their prices as such a substantial number is because I need to hold you accountable. Okay. I need results from you, right? right. And so I had a program where I was charging $1,000 for this program. Now, to some people, $1,000 is a couple dollars. You're like, right. listen, if I'm about to pay $1,000, i am showing right, up. Right. That's not true. Man. Right? So I've gone from $500 to $1,000, now over a couple thousand dollars, and I'm seeing the commitment level. Right. I'm seeing the commitment change. I'm seeing the investment. Again, those three things, mindset, value, and desire to change, has to all work together because in the beginning I struggled with that. I wanted to make my coaching affordable, right? Yeah. That mindset. Well, who am I to assume what someone else can afford? That's for yeah. number one. Who am I to say what someone considers affordable? So now you have to say, I'm no longer exchanging my service for money. I'm more so putting a price on the value. And I'm gonna tell you of something. my service. Where my where my mindset has changed in this way, and in the most simplistic example for people, is in in the way I you know eat food when I'm out and about. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in college, it was like go to Burger King. I got three dollars. I need a burger, fries, gross, and I need a shake. <laughs> okay, that was what we did every day. Uh -huh. And so the thing was. You know, you looking for the deals. I remember when McDonald's first dropped the dollar menu, it was like, oh, we about to go crazy. Yeah. And as I got older, I'm like, wait a minute. How can they sell a chicken sandwich, a cheeseburger, a milkshake and fries for $3? I'm getting four things for $3 or four for four, whatever they doing now. And then I go to the grocery store and I'm like, oh, well, the organic chicken costs mm -hmm. like double. And I buy the organic chicken now. And the, the point I'm making is that whenever something is cheaper, you're typically missing something. Absolutely. It's like preservatives added, antibiotics. You're at and, a higher risk. Yeah. And even, even as it relates to a service or things that people can't touch, I think what people need to understand is when you're always trying to get the cheapest thing, it's cheap for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so for yourself, like, what does someone get? So like, you know, you hear those type of prices. What 
do people get from you and partnering with you, you know, in one of your programs? How long does the program last? And I think that kind of matters too, because you could say a thousand dollars and it could be a two week program for a thousand dollars and it's totally different than a two month program for a thousand dollars. So there's a again, understanding those three major characteristics that we just discussed. When it comes to what I do, I do have a coaching program. Um, specifically, I help coaches narrow their niche in their coaching business. So I help you find or sharpen your message. I help you narrow your niche. And then I help you create multiple streams of income through business growth and lifestyle transformation. I do believe that coaching is a lifestyle. It's more than a business. It's more than me sitting before someone for a 90 minute session and me just working with you then. Why? Because I am the coach where I live what I teach. I'm not just teaching you something or saying, hey, these are the principles that you need to include to live a great life. We know that. We can Google that. Right. (laughs) Um, But what about that 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 in-person experience where I'm showing you, hey, I'm in this with you. Let's work through this. So understanding that the programs that I offer, um, I want my coaches to commit. I want to commit to the process. I just recently kind of condensed it a little. Um, it's a community where you have access for 12 months or a lifetime, depending on your payment level. Um, but it's a program where I'm working with you through the process. So I want to be the coach that says, listen, this is not something instant. This isn't something that's microwave. When you're talking about niche marketing, it's a very fearful area because now you're saying you want me to condense myself. And what if that, um, what if I propel or repel other people away from me because I'm being so narrow? Well, my thing is this, before you were a little fish in a big pond, when you niche down in your business, you turn from the little fish in a big pond to a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Right. I like that. And so the reason why the program is as extensive as it is, is because I want to hold your hand. I want to walk through with you. Right. I want you to know that I can give you all of this good information and it's not going to just transform your business. It's going to transform your life. So it's really, you know, uh, you know, at least for starters, a 12 month partnership. It is, you know, and, and to that point, right, you're investing in something for for a full year and you're getting something out of it. And I think, too, the the other thing that's cool about what you do, like you've hired me to come in a couple of times and speak. And um, obviously you have a conference coming in in uh, May. Um, can you kind of talk about maybe some of the events and other things that you've done? Because I know, like for me. Whenever I'm a part of something like that, and I'm a person that have paid for that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a person that if I I can see value that's not tangible all the time, and I've spent money and invested in different programs, and I can tell you that generally when you invest into a program, you know, my wife and I are in a real estate program, Mm -hmm. and it's not really just the program or the curriculum that you're learning, a lot of times it's the community. It so is. can you t- kind of talk about the community with Chase Great and some things that y'all have done and then kind of, you know, tell us what you're about to do this year? I think that's the most important part. Um, I've, in, I've invested in quite a few programs and sometimes I don't necessarily get what the facilitator gave, but it was more so an upcharge to my confidence. Um, I'm in a program now where the coaches, she's, she's amazing. But I more so get something from the other women that are in this community because it it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me on the edge. 
And iron it really, it does. And it boosts my confidence. So I'm just looking at that community portion of it. Not only do we provide a community where we do on-demand coaching, we do group coaching, we're constantly there for you, but we host two major events per year. Um, we do our Dreamers Gala, where we host a um, event where we recognize the coaches, we honor the coaches, and this is where we launch our annual anthology. So we do an anthology every year with our coaches where, say, for instance, you've been the one who said, I want to put out a book and you just haven't yet. This gives you an opportunity to partner with us who are I've already written several books. Um, so you get a chance to partner with me and we can write a book together and we launch it. So you have the event where you're able to now be there as the spotlight you're able to sell books and have people come out and sign your books and be celebrated so that's one of our major events and then we have the shift conference that we host yeah. annually um which i'm super super I'm excited so about I'm, I'm so ready. i'm so excited because god has really put me in a place where he's like listen we're done with the fluff right like let's let's put the fluff aside we always have these empowerment events these you know rah-rah cheerleading events and we do need that but we need action I need you to sit down and have someone that's going to help you sort through your thoughts, help you go through your ideas and help you come out sharpened. Yeah. And so that's what the shift event is. We're going to massively shift your message, shift your market, your money, your ministry. And so, and your mindset. So these are the different workshops that we have available where you're going to come in as the coach, as the creative, and you're going to say, listen, I'm ready for someone to come in and help me sharpen these areas so that I can shift in my faith and shift in business. Now, look, here's the thing. And I'm telling, I will vouch for you on this. You know, I've attended your dreamers brunch, um, yes. not 2019. I think it was 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've obviously, um, you know, been a part of a couple of your programs as a speaker. Every single thing you do is high quality. And that's something And obviously I know you, but that's something that even as someone who knows you has impressed me every single time. And that's why when I came to the Dreamers Brunch, I have no problem paying the ticket fee. Because to me, again, as we talk about value. Mm -hmm. Again, I like organic chicken. If I'm going to pay to come to a program, I would, I would rather pay to come to a good program than to go to a bad program for free. Yeah. Because my time is valuable. And so everything you do is dope. So I'm, number one, excited to be a speaker at the Shift Conference and have a workshop. And I'm going to be honest, like, just with, because I'm already ready. I already have what I'm going to talk about. That alone, like whatever it caught, go to the website, whatever it costs. I'm telling you right now what I'm going to talk about. And I'm purposely not talking about it on this show, period. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> it, um, but that's going to be worth it. So if you can, before we get out of here, you know, give people, how do they get in touch with you? How do people get tickets to the conference? Um, tell us the dates and everything. Um, and just make sure people are able to kind of, get a hold of it and uh, and be able to find it after listening to this interview. Cool. So I will like to offer something special to the listeners of Inspire God's People podcast. Um, this project is something so uniquely um, defined. And so just to kind of go back, if I can use this time, I am going to use this time. So no, but <laughs> you got it. You so got it. listen, when, um, when Jay was talking about how he, you know, want his music thing to take off. 
and how he's, you know, tried to, in different areas to become who he wanted to become in those moments. We have to recognize that even in the things that he desired to do, he was still inspiring God's people. And I think that sometimes as entrepreneurs, because it's something that looks good, it's something that's familiar to us, sometimes we don't really take the time to sit down and sit still long enough to find out what God wants from us. And even out of this podcast is going to birth something that is going to be unfamiliar to you and you're not going to want to do it because you like that's not even what I was trying to set myself up to do right. but knowing that inspiring God's people is what you're supposed to do and knowing that even through this you're only setting a platform so you may think that you're being intricate and your design you may think that you know right. I'm, I'm just trying to pace myself and figure <laughs> this out you know this right, is how right. Jay talk I'm just trying to you know walk this through take it slow <laughs> take it slow but what you're doing is you're building something and no you kind of touched on it a little bit a, a couple years ago and you kind of dropped us by the wayside like we was some <laughs> some peasants or something I don't really know but it's gonna come back and so when uh -huh. it comes back just I know that you. it's going to be super powerful and you have to be confident in it and don't allow what you've seen around you to distract you in doing those things. No doubt. And I, you know what? I appreciate that because, um, you know, that is, that's on point. And that, that's actually on point with where I'm at right now, even as I talk to you about how I'm trying to be more comfortable um, sharing some of my experiences because I'm always so conscious. Like I don't want to offend people or I don't want things to come off. And people are so easily offended that's one of the things that, you know, the more it's an interesting thing, the more public you become or like the more people that hear my show, follow me on social media, then the more people don't really understand you and you just become a talking point or your posts mm -hmm. become a talking point and people aren't being genuine. And that's part of why I love doing this show, because it's a more in-depth approach. And I know as much as I joke on social media about people listening to my show and stuff. What people don't know is the reason I do that is because I know that the people who actually listen to this show, they care. Mm -hmm. And that's my niche in my marketing is like, that's what I'm always talking about. It's like, if you're not listening to this show, I'm sorry. You're the person that's outside of the rim of what I'm targeting. So no, I received that and I appreciate it. So give us, how do we get to the shift conference yes, and where yes, do we find yes. you? So for the, the listeners, um, of this amazing uh, podcast, I want you to reach out to Jay because he can't give you the promo code over um, the recording. So make sure you get in contact with okay. him. But <laughs> I do want to give you guys a discount um, for attending, um, for being his guest. Um, our seats are limited and they're limited because it's exclusive and it's intensive. So I want you to go ahead and snag your uh, seat, but make sure you reach out um, to uh, Jay so that you can get that discount code. And then you can go and register at www.chasegreatshift.com and you'll be able to use your promo code there. You'll be able to learn more about the um, conference. If you need to fly in, it'll give you some instructions on what to do for flying in. If you need to book a hotel, we have some discounts available for your hotel stay. So listen, we are making this, uh, making the accommodations for anyone anywhere. So don't be afraid that if you're not in our Metro area that you can't come, we are, we are inviting you just as well. Man, I love it. That is Latoya early Toya. Thank you so much. This was a dope conversation. Uh, we maybe have to have you back, man. I think this is going to be um, a show that people actually value. So 
Thank you. Love you. God bless you. And y'all have a good day out there. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. Inspire God's People. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.